Well, you know, we've been blessed. You all know who's here. You all have been around. You've been here for the Christmas dinner and all things. But you know, it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing to have Cindy and Miss Liz here with us. And so blessed to have them all weekend long and to be blessed. And God's been doing good things. And I believe that uh, Miss Cindy has a word from God for us to minister words of life. She might sing or not. I don't know what she's going to do, but she can just do whatever she likes to do and allow God to be God in our, in our lives. Amen. And we thank God. Thank God for ministry gifts that are to the body of Christ. Amen. And they're two very, very, very precious, precious people to us. So let's give a warm Harvest Bible Church welcome to Miss Cindy Black. Come on. I love you. I love this church. Love. Everybody's looking at me like. Bruce and I love this church. How many know Esther and Bruce are having a party up there in heaven today? Hallelujah. How many know the devil doesn't win? How many know God always has a plan? Doesn't matter what comes, what happens in life, God was not caught by surprise, nor did the enemy win. How many know death is victory? Somebody uh, texted me one time and they said, you know, you really ought not say that uh, Bruce ran his course and fought a good fight. And, and I thought, you know, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, well, why not? You know, but, uh, you know, they said you're really not a very good testimony of, of God, you know. And uh, the Lord, you know, I kind of thought, you know, come here. Let me slap you again. <laughs> I'm going to slap you in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, uh, y- and you understand why people think, you know, the devil's a jerk and he's always talking to people. He's saying, you know, so-and-so left early or so-and-so something. Well, you know, the Bible says this. The Bible has a lot there's one scripture about 120, there's one scripture about 70, but there's a whole slew of scriptures about uh, being satisfied and about things that finishing and about things that increase your life and things that decrease your life, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, we had a good friend, his name was Rudy, and he died young, but what Rudy did in the link that when Rudy was here, Rudy, uh, Rudy had an impact on many, many people. And, uh, you know, just because somebody goes home what you think's early, how many know uh, sometimes people get satisfied? <laughs> they get done. And, you know, so, so we, we all know 20's too young, you know, some of that, you know, where you go, that, that was too young. That is too young, you know. But there is a thing called living by faith, and God's not so concerned as much as we are about, you know, uh, whether you hit 121 or not. What he's concerned about is that you live your life effective. And that you live your life by faith. And that you live your life in his plan. 
one of the coolest things that began to happen to Bruce before he left. Uh, Bruce fought a good fight and he ran a good race. Uh, Brother Keith Moore called me after Bruce went home and he said this. He said, he said, Cindy, don't let anybody tell you that Bruce didn't die in faith. He died in faith. And I said, thank you, Brother Keith. And he said, Bruce was a faith guy. He lived by faith. And uh, uh, Bruce uh, fought a good fight. And he, he, out, he outdid every single uh, thing. He had been a diabetic since he was 13 months old. And uh, he got healed when he was, got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, completely healed in a Charles and Francis Hunter meeting. And it had come back on him a few weeks later, and he did not know how to resist that. He, uh, through a series of events, got to Tulsa, went to a Bible school there before he went to Ramah, and began to hear about healing. And got so excited, he threw his medicine away, thinking that's how you get healed. You throw your medicine away and ended up in ICU in a coma. And then uh, that happened twice to him. And he said this, he said, you know, uh, he said, I never really went after that again. He said, I more believed for like my arm, my leg, my foot, my, you know, he said, I more took little portions and believed for things. And uh, he outlived, the doctors told his mother when he was uh, little, because when he was little, they had glass syringes and you know, no way to check your blood sugar and all that with pancreases. And uh, so he outlived uh, anything. Every friend he went to diabetic camp with and all of that were all gone, dead. There wasn't one left. And he outlived it by uh, 20 years, 20 years. And when he went home, the doctors, every doctor we saw said this. They said, Bruce is a walking miracle. They said he has no kidney damage, no eye damage, no heart damage. They said we've never seen anybody with diabetes uh, that long because he was 60-something years old, lived that long with no damage. Say, well, wouldn't it have been better to get healed? Absolutely. Wouldn't it be better if you paid your tithes? Absolutely. <laughs> we have things happen in life. Rather than looking at things as that was a defeat, how about let's look at all the amazing things that God did with the bar, with the faith that you had. Jesus said to Bartimaeus, Jesus said to the lepers, Jesus said to the blind man, he said, what will you have me do unto you? What do you want me to do? How many know Jesus asking a blind man, what do you want? Kind of obvious. Bartimaeus didn't uh, say that. He didn't say, well, Jesus, look, I'm blind. Duh. Jesus said, he said, what do you want me to do for you? Because Bartimaeus cried out for his mercy. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, what do you want my mercy to do for you? Amen. 
Friend, there is no defeat in death. There is no defeat in uh, you being attacked and reaching out to God and getting victory. This isn't a thing where if you get attacked, you have failed. This isn't a thing of where there's ever any failure. It's not. If you die today, you are stepping over into the most wonderful place, most wonderful thing. Now, we'll miss you down here, and we may slap you when we get up there. (laughs) Go, what were you thinking? Leaving us down here. You take off for there. How many know that's just not fair? Cindy Black's theology is this. How many know Cindy Black's theology means this? It's not in the Bible. Cindy Black's theology is this. The reason God doesn't share so much in the Bible about heaven is because we would all write notes. This is how you get saved. Go find the highest building, jump off and say, see ya. We're out of here. Y'all are like. (laughs) No, God has a plan. Say, why are you hitting this in the nose today? Because we've had some uh, people go home in this church. And some people go home with this little blonde preacher right here. And the enemy is like this. Don't say anything. Leave it in the dark. You know, just, you know. No, we hit the thing in the nose. Restoration is sitting on the front row right here. (laughs) God always has a plan. God always has a plan. The enemy has a plan and he is always after the plan of God. Since the beginning of time, even pre-time, the enemy had a plan. He showed up at the throne one day. Lucifer, he was a worshiper. He had a name given by God, a name uh, where he had a place in the throne. And one day he went crazy. Evil became. And he said, I will ascend to the throne. I will take over the throne. I will be like the most high. Problem. The most high is the most high. (laughs) And there ain't no other. And there ain't going to be no other. No, yes. And the enemy showed up and he said, uh, he accused God. The accuser of God is the accuser of the brethren. He accused God and said, nobody will serve you if they're not made to. And God said, you are wrong. He said, you actually had a choice. You just made the wrong one. Even in the wrong choice, he was accusing him. And I love this because it says God did this. Didn't say he stood up. Didn't say he freaked out. Didn't say he, uh, ah! It says he took his toe and went, tush. Tush. And the enemy and a third of the angels fell. And God said, I have a plan. I have a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. Plans to bless your life. Plans for prosperity. Plans for victory. 
God says, I know the plan. His plan is so that we can worship. He spoke to a woman at the well. He said, uh, came to her, he said, hey, can you get me something to drink? And, and uh, John chapter 4, the woman at the well, she walks in and she has a tood. How many know what a tood is? And she says this, she says, who are you, a Jew? Okay, right there, division. Right there, uh, right there, separation. Who are you, a Jew? Right there, prejudice. Talking to me, a woman. How many know women uh, I'm a woman, in case you didn't notice. <laughs> Women, we don't have to fight to be equalized. I'm telling you, in Christ, there is no male nor female. In Christ, there is no Jew or Greek. But we deal with a lot of things outside of Christ where there's prejudice, where there's things that are not right. And, you know, God made men and women different, and we don't have to uh, compete with a man for a man's place. We don't have to want to be like a woman for a woman's place. God made us who we are. He made them male and female. He gave you a place. He gave, I'll tell you what we are. You know, so many times people are trying to be somebody else or be something they're not. If, if you're quirky, I'm a little quirky. You know, personality-wise, uh, you know, I, some of my friends are quirky. Some of my friends are not. And I remember telling Miss Liz, I said, you know, you and I are just alike. And I'll never forget the day she goes, you and I are nothing alike. <laughs> she said, you think we're alike. She goes, but we are nothing alike. But we're best friends. We love each other. You know, uh, I compliment her. She compliments me. You know, we're, we compliment each other. God made men, women. He made uh, different cultures and races not to compete, not for one to be over or another, but to compliment one another. Friend, if you, we don't compliment each other in a marriage and a family, you got a problem. It's going to be constant strife and constant competition. No, we're in competition. We complement one another. We work with, with one another because in Christ, in Christ there is no Jew, there is no Greek, there is no male, there is no female. In Christ, we're all accepted and have a place at the throne. In Christ, we've been raised up and seated in him in heavenly places, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1. In Christ, Jesus we're accepted in the beloved. In Christ Jesus, we are new creatures. In Christ Jesus, he made them male and female and then took her out of him. Out of his rib. He saw man and woman from the beginning. And he breathed the breath of life into man. Oh, hallelujah. And man became a living soul. The life of God is what made man alive. Hallelujah. The life of God. The enemy came. Tried to separate that. He said, no one will follow you that's not made to follow you. And God said, that's not so. God didn't make man just to outprove the devil, but one of the things that happened with man is that he proved that 
God was worthy of love and that we are worthy of love. Let me tell you something. God uh, made man because he wanted relationship. God does not, I like what Pam said this weekend, God's not on the throne and has any need. There's not a need. Uh, He's not needy that he had to have us. He wanted us. He wanted relationship with us. He wants a relationship with you. Oh my goodness. And he has a plan. He has a plan for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good. I really prayed about what to share. Uh, That was all the intro. (laughs) I really prayed about what to share with you. Uh, I thought I could yodel. yodel Y'all are like. This is going to be an interesting morning. Everybody look at your neighbor and go, help us, Jesus. Help us, help us, Jesus. Help us. Everybody goes, where's Bruce? Where's Bruce? (laughs) Bruce was a teacher, and I I ain't one. Did you like that word, ain't? I live in Georgia, so I can say ain't. I ain't. I ain't. Ain't one. Did you ever teach your kids don't say ain't? They actually do that in Georgia. They use that word. It's like normal, they think. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and uh, Jesus came to the woman at the well, John chapter 4. Let's turn with our Bibles. I, I actually have a purpose and a plan this morning God's given me. You're like, oh, good. It's wonderful. Thank you. John chapter 4, Jesus was talking to the woman at the well. God had a plan from the beginning. The enemy tried to thwart it. You say, why are you hitting on that so much? Because God, you were born, you were born again with a plan. There's a plan. There's a plan in this precious word laid out and mapped out for you. But there's also a very specific plan that God has for you that he wants you to walk in. That's victorious. Everybody say victorious. Yes. So John chapter four, Jesus was, uh, uh, talking to the woman at the well. And just so we close a window here, Bruce went home. He went home victorious. He went home and the Holy ghost showed him before he went home that he had done well. How many know? I thought he got a divine, I'm not kidding, a divine revelation before he left in the hospital that he had done well. I thought, When it happened, I thought, how cool is that? He's already getting a revelation of well done. Friend, when you step over, you're not going to have to step over in fear. God, am am I accepted? Friend, you're accepted in the beloved right now. You're accepted in Christ, not because of anything that we've done, but because of the precious blood of Jesus that we have been washed in. That blood has washed you and made you a strong oak. He is raising you up in his kingdom. The enemy wants to constantly accuse you even as you depart here and say, will you be accepted? It's not a question of will you be accepted. It's, it's a, a matter of fact of that you are. 
accepted in the beloved and that you will hear. It's not, am I going to hear? We really shouldn't joke around with that thing uh, that we all joke around with and go, uh, well, you're done. You know, well done. Because there's just an element of fear there. Am I going to hear well done? Friend, if you've been born again for 30 minutes, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. A new beginning has happened. God is not accounting to you your mistakes. Goodness and mercy are following you, not failure and mistakes. Good things are behind you. He's only seeing, accounting the good things. You say, well, I've made mistakes. Well, join the crowd. There's a thing called the Bema Seed of Christ that we're going to be at. And this is the mercy of God. Every wonderful, obedient, everything that we've done that's affected something. Every time you said no to chocolate cake when the Holy Ghost said stop. Every time you obeyed God. You say that little thing, that little thing right there. The time that you ate the four pieces of pie are going to burn up. Everything that's wood, hay, and stubbles going to burn up. But the obedience, the times that you knelt before your bed when you felt like not doing a thing. The time you picked up your Bible, the time in Walmart when he said, go pray for that person and your knees shook, you went, the, the times that you said, yes, Jesus, every one of those, oh, that's gold. That's gold. That's gold. That's rewards. You're not headed towards a judgment seat. You're headed towards the reward seat. I don't know about you, but I have kids and my kids, like I'm always looking for some great way to connect up with my kids. Like I'm not looking for something they're doing wrong so that I can separate myself from them. I'm looking for anything that I can connect in, anything that I can be uh, good, woohoo, good job, anything that I can uh, raise them up a little higher. Anything that I can make them more than I ever was. Anything that I can tell them good job. Anything that I can go. And sometimes you just look at them and love them. You just go, just looking at you makes me happy. You know, and sometimes you want to slap them. <laughs> you know, but that's the times you just go, that's wood, hay, and stubble. We're looking for the gold right now. Hello. We'll just leave that one alone. Hallelujah. God's not looking at you going, how come you're not? He's looking at you going, look at what I've done for you in Christ on the cross. Look at what I have made you. Look at everything that I bought for you. Look at the blood that's on the mercy seat around the throne. Yeah, you messed up. Come on, come on, take a dip. Come on, take a dip in what I've already bought and paid for you to have. Oh, friend, 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 friend. God wasn't disappointed in Bruce. God wasn't disappointed in Esther. 
God said, so you got here a little sooner. Look, look, look at all I've got for you. Look how good God is. The problem is, is that we miss him, right? The problem is, is that when something like that happens, we go, breach in the plan. Breach. Is the plan over? Is the plan gone? I'm telling you, the enemy's constantly trying to do this with every one of us. You failed just a little too much. You know, if, if you wouldn't have done that, if this would have happened, if so-and-so would have been in office, eh, but now that's not possible that my God can supply all your needs. No. No, the enemy's, the enemy's always after the plan. But God, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. The one who sat on the throne, the one who went tush to the enemy. The Bible says that God didn't even stand up to kick the enemy and a third of the angels out of heaven. But it says this, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he reached down with his right arm. Why? Because Jesus paid the price for all of us. And because it wasn't just Jesus he was raising from the dead. The Bible says that when Jesus was raised from the dead, he took you and me. He took everyone who would be and had been with him. God said, I'll show you redemption. I'll show you buying back. And it says that he raised us up and seated us next to himself in Christ Jesus. In other words, it's no longer Cindy Black. It's no longer you that liveth. It's Christ Jesus, me in him and him in me. I used to have this thought. I was looking for a little chair. I used to have this thought that here's God the Father, and I really thought this. Here's the, the Lord Jesus. I'm in the throne room. And here's Cindy. I'm seated next to them, seated next to him. And one day Jesus said, you have the wrong conception. I said, I do? Am I not raised up? He said, oh, no, you're raised up. But you're not seated next to me. You're seated in me. You're in Christ. I'm the head you're the body. You're in me. Your place of authority is, well, how I many you know you're not seated in heaven today? You're, in case you don't know, you're in Lodi. You're at Harvest Church right here. We're Stockton. Okay, we're Stockton. We're in Stockton. You and the Barclays, we're in Stockton, and we're right here. Okay, I grew up down central, you know, I, I was born in Dinuba. Anybody know where Dinuba is? I was born in Dinuba. That's right off 99, you know, right there near. I was raised in a little town called Orange Cove, which is, you know, right before you go up the hills right there, and, and uh, partially, and then Colorado partially. And uh, my favorite program growing up was the Big Valley. You know, and when we moved out of California and moved to Colorado, I used to watch the Big Valley and cry and go, I miss the Big Valley. I miss me and the Park 
Barclays, you know. So anyway, every time I think of Stockton, I just look for the Barclays. I'm like, where are they? They've got to be here. You know, where's Jared? Where, oh, y'all are like, what? Okay, great. Anyway, that had no spiritual content whatsoever. So, <laughs> we're seated in Christ Jesus. Our place, not where our physical body is, but our place of authority, our place of sonship, our place of who we are changed. We were sons because of what happened in Adam, because of the breach that happened in Genesis chapter 2. Because of that, we became separated in relationship, separated in sonship, and separated uh, in uh, uh, life. We were in death. The Bible calls it spiritual death. We were dead in relationship, dead. The life of God that he breathed in us actually left. Adam was still living, but not alive to God any longer. He was separated. But from the foundation of the world... Before there was tohu bohu, before the darkness, there was darkness and the Spirit of God hovered. Before all of that happened, God said, I will make a man. I will have a creation. I don't know about you. I'm an artist. I'm a singer. I also paint. I also uh, try to create things that don't look very good. It's pottery and all that, you know. But I like this stuff that I create and like I figured out one thing about painting you never finish you just quit because you can always find something else to add or something to tweak a little bit something to uh, do to do a little bit and uh, Annie Durant anybody know Annie and Kevin Durant Annie's mom is a prof- prolific artist and she's in our church and she heads up the prayer groups that Bruce and I's church and that I've turned over the church to uh, the founding pastor at the direction extreme direction of the Holy Ghost because I was really happy pastoring and and the Lord said follow me and I said okay I will and so when I did I, I want you to know what happens to me now everybody say God has a plan I walk down airports. Okay, do you hear people complain about TSA, about all that, you know, the whole thing? And, and I walk down the airport and go, is it okay to be this happy? Because I'm really happy. Because I'm smack dab in the middle of the will of God for my life. I was then as well. But friend, God will always lead you into all truth. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Here we go. Look over at John. Say, I'm in Christ. So John, Jesus is talking to this woman. John uh, chapter 4. And he comes to her and he said to the disciples, he said, uh, we have to go through Samaria. They came to the well, which is Jacob's well. And Jesus was tired. Jesus got tired physically. Isn't that something? 
Here's Jesus, tired. He tells Larry Moan Curley to go into the city and uh, go get some food. How many know when the disciples left Jesus, the Holy Ghost did not go with them? How many know the Holy Ghost was in Christ? He was on him. He was in him. He was only in the king, the priest, and the prophet in the Old Testament. That's the only people who had him on them or had a relationship with them. Everybody else had to go through a man and to a man to get to God. And so here is Jesus, the Son of God, the gift of God, born in a manger, grown up, knows who he is, about to be the Lamb of God on the cross, pay the price for us. But he is the Son of God, 100% man, yet 100% God, the only one who did not have the sin nature. Why was he born of a virgin of the Holy Ghost? So that he did not have Adam's sin nature. So that that breach that happened in Genesis chapter 2, he did not have that nature. This is so important. Because he said, I'm going to send the one with a sinless nature, yet 100% man, to pay the price of the breach. Pay the price that happened with the breach. No, Adam should not have said that. Did Adam have a choice? He did, because God told them, do not do this. There could have been a different scenario, but the enemy happened. Bruce left. She left. Something's happened in your life, and the enemy would say, there's a breach, and God himself cannot fix it. There is no breach There is no situation with your children. There's nothing in your life that has happened to you, whether it be a death. I can speak of this today because it has happened to me. I can speak with authority. I can speak with authority whether it happened or not because the word is true. You can speak with authority to the enemy. You are seated in Christ Jesus. You are accepted in the beloved this morning. God said, I have a plan. For I know the plan that I have for you. Do not buy into that you have missed the plan. Do not buy into that maybe I am the one that just can't seem to wander around and never get the plan. God has a specific plan for you. Jeremiah was prophesying to Israel and the rest of us right here. I know the plans. I know the thoughts. Hmm. Plans throw flow through thoughts. Whose thoughts? That I. Hmm. God's thoughts. That I think towards you. Oh. Whose thoughts are you thinking? How do I think his thoughts? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts and Romans, Galatians, Ephesians. Go eat popcorn, Colossians. Real important. So Jesus says, oh, I got to hurry. Jesus says, 
to this woman. He comes, he, he said, hey, can you give me to drink? His disciples had gone away, verse 9. Uh, he says, the woman looks at him and goes, you're a Jew? And I'm a woman. Two things right here. Jews don't talk to Samaritans. And I'm a woman. Did you notice? You know, back then, men did not talk to women. So she's got a toot. She's already got an offense. Already offended. The world is already offended at us. They already have preconceived ideas the way that we're judging them. The way that God's judging them because the enemy has lied to them. He's told them that God hates them. He's told them that there's a breach that can never be satisfied. Jesus is about to cut through the junk I love Jesus because he didn't get offended with her how many know when sometimes people talk to you with a toot have you ever been in the grocery store somebody's giving you a toot I love that story of Joel Osteen where he was in the grocery store and this lady was just just rude as all get out and everybody in the line was like this woman who's checking us out and he thought, you know, I think I'll be a Christian right now. <laughs> Here's a thought. And so he, he got up to her and he said, how are you? And she was like, fine, mad. He thought, what did I do to you? You know, and he said, ma'am, he said, is there anything I can pray with you about? He said, I'm a Christian. Anything? He said, you seem like you're having a rough day. She burst into tears. And said, I am so mad. She said, I'm here at this stupid job. She said, my baby is in ICU uh, dying. And I have to work because I have no money to pay for anything. And here I am. I can't even leave and go be with my baby. I can't even get there. And he said, grabbed her hands, prayed with her. And then I love it. They, They helped her. You know, they helped her. You know what happens when you're led by love and led like that? God gets an inroad. Friend, God's looking for us to be the inroad. He's just looking for us to be a Christian. She didn't say I'm Joe, he didn't say I'm Joel Osteen. I I have 50 million members on TV and you know, and you ought to be nice to me. He said, "How can can I, I know somebody on the inside of me who can help you. Can I pray for you? Most of the time, people won't refuse prayer. Matter of fact, they'll go, oh, yeah, pray for me. They're always shocked when I go, come here, let's do it right now. They're like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? I, I was in, where was I? Fresno the other day, and I stopped this guy. I, we drove up, and this, old, this older gentleman, was he was just smoking. He looked at the car. We drove up like, what are you doing here? You know. And so when I got that look, I went, in the name of Jesus, I pray for that man right now. You know. And I said, Pastor, you got any cards in this, in this truck? He goes, no, nah, I'm, I'm out of cards, church cards. I said, okay, you need to carry at least 10 church cards with you all the time. If you don't have church cards, make church cards. Church cards that say Harvest Bible Church. Something you can give somebody that says, "I, I Jesus is the answer. I love you, but here's a place where you can find help. Here's a place where we, I can lead you, where you can, your life can be changed on a consistent basis. And so uh, 
I, I walked up to him and I said, sir, I said, how are you? I said, my name's Cindy Black. He said, what do you want? I'm not kidding. Just like that. He goes, what do you want? And I said, well, when I drove it up into the parking lot, I said, I just had a, a thought to pray for you. And he goes, why'd you do that? I'm serious. This is what he said. Why'd you do that? What? Well, why would you pray for me? And I said, something in my heart reached out because God lives in there and he loves you. And he said, huh? And I said, where do you go to church? He said, I go to church. I said, oh, good. I said, can I pray for you? He goes, I guess you already did, didn't you? I'm like, jeez. So I just touched him on the shoulder and I said, I'm glad to meet you, sir. I said, Jesus loves you. Bye. You know, I thought, what'd we do? We just planted something. We plan. I planted prayer that did more than, than anything. You know, we sure didn't reap any harvest, but we sure planted some seed right there. So here's Jesus with the woman at the well. Everybody say, stay focused. Focus, dude. Dude. Okay. So then here's Jesus, verse 9. He's talking to the woman at the well. And he said this. He said, he, she said, you asking me, a Samaritan woman, verse 10. Jesus says this. And he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it was, that would is standing right here. He said, you would ask me for drink and I would have, he said, he would have given you drink living water. And the woman says this, she says, uh, uh, sir, you, what are you talking about? You don't have anything to draw with. Okay. She's gone from yo dude, Jew woman. to something, sir, what do you mean, sir? Okay. So, Something's changing. Jesus didn't come back and slap her real good. You know, you, you would want to do that sometimes. We can't do that. We can't do that. Time after time, Jesus dealing with Nicodemus. Time after time, Jesus went to the root of where God was wanting to go instead of what they were asking. Nicodemus showed up and he goes, hey, uh, rabbi, in other words, he'd heard he's the son of God. He's heard what he's proclaimed. He walked up and he goes, we know you're a good teacher. Jesus could have went... I'm more than a teacher, defended himself. Instead, he goes right to the issue. Hey, Nicodemus, you got to be born again. Nicodemus freaks him out. He goes, what? Jesus did that all the time to people. We need to freak some people out. We do. With God. Don't just freak people out. <laughs> do it with Jesus. Okay. So Jesus says to her, he said, I, I give you living water. She goes, are you greater than our, our, our father? And there's so much in here we don't have time to cover. But Jesus answered her and he said, whoever drinks this water will thirst again. But the water that I will give him, they'll never thirst. The water that I will give him will be a well of water. Everybody say a well springing up into everlasting life. The woman said, sir, give me this water. I need some life. Give me this water. Notice what she says. She's gone from completely because Jesus took the high road. She's gone from completely uh, cynicism, completely uh, uh, separation. Thank you. To... <laughs> 
just keep it up, brother. If I get lost again, just keep going. Two, you have something alive that could change my life? Some kind of potion? Some kind of living water? The world's looking for anything. California, what are those psychics? We can change your... Does anybody have anything that could get me, help me out of this? And he says this to her. He says, uh, the water that I give you will be a well. She said, give me this water. And Jesus said, okay, listen to this. Right here, the gifts of the Spirit kick in. Okay, the gifts of the Spirit are not for the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists only. The gifts of the Spirit are for the body. God wants to use you at Walmart. He wants to direct. He wants to show you things. But, friend, he can't do it if you're not in fellowship with him. He, he, he wants to use you. And the enemy would go, you missed your Bible reading today. Go, shut up, devil. I'm, he, I'm in fellowship with Jesus right now. He's talking to me right now. Yes, it's important that you read your Bible. Yes, it's important that you feed. But I'm telling you, it's important that you fellowship and stay in contact and be not so distracted, not so listening to everything going on out here that you miss who's on the inside. Because Jesus is about to tell her something. He says this. He said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you're exactly right. Word of knowledge. Kicks in right here. He said, matter of fact, you've had five husbands. The one that you're living with isn't your husband. That ought to tell us something right there. Living with somebody, I don't care who Oprah does, I don't care what everybody in the world does, living with them does not, might legally in the United States make them some sort of legal thing after so many years, but before God, it's not. Because there's no commitment, there's no covenant. Marriage is a covenant thing. Marriage is a precious thing. If there's a guy who will not uh, nail down to you, hasn't, can't hear from God enough that you're it, you don't want to marry that guy. We don't hold uh, men or hold people in relationship by using sex. Women do it. They hold men. They take the thing they've committed to God, and men do too, out of the place of preciousness, and they use it. The enemy draws it because they think God can't do that. God can't uh, get a guy, I have to do this, I have No, God can. You want the one that will yield to him. There's something about a fetus in the womb. They grow at a, like a 900% rate. Once they're cut from that cord, they slow down 900%. If they grew, the, the, I, I've read the statistics, if they grew at the same rate that they did in the womb, they would be 17 stories high by the time they're 20. It's true. There's a huge rate. Why is it important that we keep things in perspective and stay tied to the cord in these courting times? Stay tied to the cord. Am I speaking to anybody in here today? Come on. 
you say, I'm married, you're talking to old people, you need to share this with our next generation. Here's why, because God has a plan, and he's got something better for you. He's got something. He told the woman at the well right here, God's got, I'm going to kick this off before this is over. Should I just confess that or say, I will not kick you off in Jesus' name. Uh, God's got something better, he said. He said, the guy you're living with is not. And she goes, uh, listen to what she says. I perceive you're a prophet. I guess so. In other words, she's, she's saying, you know something uh, that n- nobody knew. Uh, you got something of God on the inside of you. You're a prophet. Now listen to what happens next. This is so precious, and this is right where the world is. This is right where Stockton is. This is right where this valley is today. She says immediately to him, look down there in verse uh, 19, I perceive that you're a prophet. Listen to what she immediately says. How many know people, when a word of knowledge happens, they're not going, hmm, it's a prophet. What spiritual question could I ask? I've been around some great men of God, Brother Hagen, Pastor Hagen, so, uh, just other, man, men of God. And you know, whenever I get around them, after I leave, I think, why didn't you ask them about spirit, soul, and body? Why didn't you ask them these questions? You don't, what's on your heart, what's on your heart is what comes out forefront. She said, in this mountain is where we ought to worship. The Jews say, in Jerusalem is where we ought to worship. Jesus doesn't even let her finish. He says, let me tell you what's happening right now. How many know the question, the statement that she makes is profound? Because she says this, what's on her heart? She says, he just saw every place where I failed. He just saw everything that I'm not. He just saw that I'm living with this guy. He sees exactly where I'm at. They say, here is where you find God. They say, here is where you find God. Can anybody help me find him? Is there anybody who can tell me what the truth is? They say, this is where he is at. They say, this is where he is at. Does anybody know how you can help someone who's had five failed marriages and I'm living with a guy who treats me like a dog? Is there anybody who can help me? Friend, people lay in their bed at night like this woman did. She laid with tears in her bed at night and said, is there a God? How do I find him? They said it's there. They said it's there. Where is he? (sighs) The world is crying out. Where is he? Jesus doesn't wait. Stops her right in her tracks. 
And he says, neither. In this mountain, nor at Jerusalem. Not a place. Not a religion. Not a turban. Not a group. Not a political party. Neither there nor there. But the time has come and even now is when those who will worship. She said, I'm not allowed in anywhere. I'm not allowed in. You don't know, but you see, you see where I've been. It was profound. We think the word of knowledge is just Jesus reading her mail. But friend, Jesus saw where she was at. And she said, am I rejected by you, the prophet too? Jesus said, not there, not there. Right here. The time has come and even now is. Wait a minute. Calvary hadn't happened. The resurrection hadn't happened. What are you talking about? The great I am was in her midst. The deliverer, wonderful counselor, prince of peace, the mighty God was right in her midst. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. You ready? When she left... She said, come see a man. She went to the men. Isn't it something? She went to the men. This woman who said, men don't talk to a woman. She went to the men. And this is what she said. Come see a man who told me everything I'd ever done. And all the men went, oh, shoot. How many know Jesus isn't the revealer of sin? He's the revealer of the plan. The revealer of secrets, the mystery, the answer. He's the revealer of the plan. He said, I know right where you are. He said, and I'm here. She said, when Messiah's come, she said, when he's here, she said, he, they said he'd deliver us. He said, I'm right here. Worship is not a Christmas song. Worship is not a song. Worship is relationship. Worship is new creature. Worship is new insides, new nature. Worship is fellowship with the one who loved us so much that he wanted us, created us. Worship is taking every, seize it all, every sin, 
and said, I'm here. Right here. Friend, you're accepted today. You're accepted in his presence. He's cured the sin problem. He's cured your problem of a breach. He's cured your mistakes. One day, uh, we pastored, actually, here in California. And uh, we ran into some really rough stuff. And uh, we had a breach in my family and a breach. And Bruce and I left. And we were, we were having lots and lots. I, I don't have time to tell you everything going on. But when we left, there was such a breach in relationship with our family. And it looked like nothing could fix it nor anyone. And I tried. I tried and tried and tried. And um, one day after we'd moved to Georgia, I was standing at uh, the sink and I was blow drying my little blonde head. And the, uh, I began to weep. And I said, God, I've tried. I don't know one thing that could fix this and I said oh God oh forgive me we missed it so we should have done we could have done what if we would have done I built the house one time and the day I got done with the house I was walking through it and I was the contractor under the contractor I got three bids he got three bids you know, the whole thing. I, I learned more than you want to know. And uh, uh, I caught stuff he didn't. And he was so proud of me. He goes, you ought to be a contractor. I said, I'm a preacher. And um, he said, well, you could. And it's because my daddy was a contractor. And I liked that. I was raised up in that, you know. And uh, so when I got done, the day I got done with that house, I walked through it and went, I could have built a staircase over there. I could have, this would have been better if I'd have moved this hallway over here and done this. They should have laid that tile on a 45 instead of like this. You know, I started seeing different ways I could have. Friend, you can always look back. And the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, does that to us. You could have. You probably, it's probably that time you hit your kid with the hairbrush that ruined them. One time, Austin, he was, be, he was 17. I'll never forget it. He was being a little pooty. And I said to him, I said, you are getting a spanking. I, and I couldn't, you know, the paddle's somewhere. And I'm like. I, the only thing I could see was a hairbrush. I grabbed that hairbrush. I said, come here, bend over. And he bent over and he goes, mom, you know. And I took that hairbrush and I went, plastic hairbrush from Sally's. I took that hairbrush and I went, pow. And that hairbrush busted into like 10 pieces. That hairbrush didn't hurt him whatsoever. And, and he started laughing so hard. He fell on the floor and so did I laughing, you know. The enemy will bring up anything. Friend, you did not parent perfect. The enemy will make sure he points out every place where you did not parent perfect. 
I've seen children who were raised in drug-infested, uh, horrible uh, meth things turn out to be amazing Christians and amazing people, uh, and they didn't have great parents. It's not so much that as it is, what will we let the enemy convince us of and what will we let go of? You're always going to see places you could have done better. You're always going to think, I should be a little further down the road. You're always going to think that. We're always, for the rest of eternity, every day, if there is night and day, we, there probably isn't, if there, in, in heaven, every day, we're going to go, oh, whoa. there's going to be something that's going to awe us. Right now, God wants to awe you. So I'm standing there blow drying my hair. I start weeping. I'm standing. And all of a sudden, I mean, just by, I, I just turn around. I'm like, I, I, by the Holy Ghost. And I see, I have a vision. And I see this ski slope. I see the lady that we couldn't get healed of cancer who was in our church. We. How many know Jesus is the healer? That I had taken on as my fault. I was there when she died. I helped her kids afterwards. I bore the pain. I saw that. I blamed myself. How come I couldn't get her healed? I saw the house we shouldn't have bought. I saw the breach in our family relationships. I saw the mistakes. I saw where we could have done better. I saw it all on the hill. And as I'm seeing it, I'm hearing the 23rd song, the Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. While I'm hearing this, the Psalm is going. I see this great big uh, role of fondant. How many know Jesus talked to, to uh, farmers? He talked about things. Jesus talks with blondes with fondant. <laughs> it looks like fondant. If you know what fondant is, it's a type of icing that you roll out and it's horrible. Don't ever use it. It tastes terrible. So uh, I see this fondant icing and I'm like, looking at this icing, and I'm seeing this, and I'm hearing the 23rd Psalm, and we get down to the end of the, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside the still waters. He is rod and his staff. They comfort me. They guide me. We get to the last verse, and it says this, Surely, goodness and mercy. And as I, he says, surely, goodness and mercy, that fondant is going over every mistake, everything that the enemy held against me, everything that I've held against me, every breach, everything that happened. And he said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. You could see the forms of the house. You could see the form of it. But he said, nothing is following you but goodness and mercy. Mistakes are not following you. Goodness and mercy is following you. And he said, don't ever ask me again to forgive you. He said, I forgave you the first second you said, Jesus, I missed it. He said, don't let the enemy hold you captive. He said, Goodness and mercy are behind you. He said, when you get home, you're not going to look back and say, oh God, how I missed it. He said, you're going to look back and see a trail of goodness and mercy. So, 
God fixed the breach in our family without my help. One day, one of my family members came to me and he said this. He said, it's like nothing ever happened. I said, it is. He said, it's, it's like all is restored. I said, it is. It's like there was never a breach. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. Plans for a hope and a future. Plans. God had a plan for you this morning. You may have come here with a broken heart. You may have come here with a broken marriages. You, marriage, you may be like this woman. You may have laid in bed and said, but I'm a Christian. And I've laid in bed and said, God, can you even use me? I've been there. I've been there. Where you thought, I'm, I'm just, I make so many mistakes. I've been there. Friend, Jesus told that woman, he said the time has come and even now is that you're accepted. I've made a way where there was no way. He's made a way this morning. Can we just lift up our hands? Everybody in this place say this. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe you came as a baby. But you died on the cross for me to bear my sin. I can't fix it. But you did. So I just receive everything you did. Jesus, be the Lord of my life right now. I give you me, and I take you right now. Oh, let's just lift up our hands and say, thank you, Jesus. We receive, we receive Jesus. We receive you, Jesus. Now, everybody in here, I know this by the Holy Ghost. If you've never done that before, if Jesus, if that's the first time you said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, he just moved into your heart. I was on drugs. I'd run away from home. I'd been kicked out of school. I'd been kicked out of life. And Jesus instantly changed my life. I was an alcoholic. Alcoholism left me the second I received him. I've had to resist a few times since, but the stronghold broke. Hallelujah. Things have broken. But there's some people in here who when I was speaking, you were going, that's me. I've messed things up so bad. I've messed it up with my wife. I've messed it up with my spouse. I've messed it up. I've messed things up so bad. Can even God fix this? Some of you are like, gosh, I just live in a constant state of out of fellowship. Just seems like I always feel like I don't measure up. I'm telling you right now, we're going to pray. The blood of Jesus is going to wash you, and you're going to walk away from this place with God working on your behalf. With goodness and mercy following you. Not judgment, not sin. Everybody in this place, lift your hand right now. 1 John 1, 9 says this. If you will confess that you missed it, 
He'll be faithful and just to forgive you where you missed it. The blood of Jesus that he shed is on the mercy seat this morning and it cleanses, washes, completely washes. You have a robe of righteousness. You just, it may be spotted. We're going to get it washed this morning. Everybody in here, if you've missed it, you say, I've missed it so much I can't even confess how much I've missed it. Just say, God, I missed it so much I can't even confess how much I missed it. Tell him right now. Close your eyes. Let's just lift up a hand toward heaven. A lot of you have them up. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Just say this. Say, Lord, I missed it. Oh, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me right now. Say this. I receive forgiveness. I receive the blood of Jesus right now. I receive cleansing right now. Now, friend, receive it. Receive it. The way you receive it, you got to receive it. Receive it. Say, I take that. I receive it. Forgive yourself. Come on. Come on. He's forgiven you. Let that thing go right now. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm clean. Come on. Lift up your hand and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Somebody in here, you've been having trouble in your marriage. There have been some marriage problems. There's somebody who's come even this weekend and you said, God, if you can't fix this thing, there's no way out. God says right now, put that in my hands and let me have that and let me work on it. Take it out of your control and let me see what I can do. Let's just do this. Everybody in here say, Lord, we give you our marriages. We give you, yeah, right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus, you do something with it. You do something. We see you're a prophet. And Jesus said, I've come. I'm here right now. He's here right now. Don't uh, don't buy into that. Don't make plan B. If this doesn't work, we uh, there's a divorce court. If this doesn't work, I can go get another job over there. If this doesn't work, no, no. Put it in him and let's trust him. Let's trust him to fix it. Lord, we trust you for these marriages to fix it right now. We trust you right now. We trust, come on, everybody. Come on, let's help them. We trust you right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Plan B will cause you to miss plan A. If you think there's another way I can just get a divorce, you will miss God's best. Plan B will cancel plan A. Don't go to plan B. Don't make plans. If this fails, I can always go to mama. Throw mama out the window. Not really, but you know what I mean. No. Say, God, I'm trusting you. No, I trust you. I trust you. Father, is there anything else you want to say? Anything I can say, you can say through me that could help? Here, Father, anything else? And Master Mosetto Ligi Jekelena. And Master Mosetto Nige Gela Para. And Master Mosetta Manje Gela Kriasara. For you were called and you were bought and you have come with a price. I have raised you up so that you could reign in this life. Master the thoughts that plague your mind. Master 
and make those thoughts mine. Master the place where the enemy has had a stronghold. Master that place and give a rabashe say, let me take control. Let my word reign. Let my word renew your mind and see the change. See a change. Change won't come in a second or a flash. Change will come as you see who you are. Arabashe. As you master that. As you see my word and master my word, change will happen. Ha, ha, ha. And it'll be so. So don't get discouraged and don't be distraught. Ha, ha, ha. For today, victory has been caught. So no Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved. Ha, ha, ha. I'm moved by what I believe. I believe. Oh, greater is he who's in me. Greater is he who's on the throne. Ha, ha, ha. And I will trust you alone. I'm Bregea. So I'm going to act like I'm free. I'm going to act on that which belongs to me. I'm going to act on the Holy Ghost. I'm going to act and I'm going to receive your best. Ha, ha, ha. And Moshekina Mangalea. Mana, mana, mana. Oh, mana, mana, mana. Oh, mana, mana, mana. Mana, some say, when will it change? When will it ever be? How will this happen? And how will this happen to me? Get your eyes on the prize. Get your eyes off the problem. Get your eyes on the answer because I'm the only one who can solve them. Get your eyes on me. Ha, ha, ha. And my word. And Mandelea. Step out in Masakenemea. Step out in belief. And Mojeze. Ha, ha, ha. And you'll say, oh, thank God I did. Thank God I did. Look what the Lord did for me and mine. Hallelujah. Let's just lift up our hands and thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know we're cutting close here in time. One thing that I'm believing for, and sometimes it happens to me not for any other reason than I think that we traveled with Brother Hagen and got to be around his anointing. Sometimes the healing anointing comes in my hands like a fire. And this weekend it's come in and out a whole bunch of times, you know, and he's, he's been ministering and it's here right now in my hands. It, it, it feels like there's heat. Brother Hagen used to have that happen to him. And I think maybe just because I got to throw claws and chase him down there as he was laying hands on people, maybe some of it might have gotten on me. Hallelujah. That's called anointing by association. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So there's laying on of hands and then there's a special little extra. But if we have a healing line, we might, uh, we might uh, hold everybody up. But maybe we could let everybody go. And if there's people who need to be ministered to, but we want to keep this place real reverent. You don't want to, you don't want to do that. What do you think, Pastor? Right there. We need an offering. 
Well, that's a amen. <laughs> Pastor's like, dear Jesus, we want to take an offering. Yes. I'm only, okay. I'm 20 minutes over. <laughs> Lord Jesus. All right. Okay. In my defense, I don't think you ever told me when to stop. I, I'm, I'm a pastor. I know when to stop. Oh, brother, you, were, you haven't been in my church. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. You know, he is. God's awesome. He does good things. So you hang on. We'll get that. And we'll let you lay hands on folks. We will do that in just a moment for those that do. Hallelujah. We always do that. Even at the end of our service, we always have our, our prayer team that's down here. This time we'll have Cindy be here and just to lay hands. If you need healing for your body, be good. Amen. Pastor Pamela will continue to pray. But we're going to do, we're going to honor her. We're going to honor the gift. She's been here all weekend long. We're going to, we're going to bless her for what she did Friday and what she did yesterday. But the key is this, we just want to honor her ministry. She's taking a leap of faith and doing and going and traveling now on her own. God has good things. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and receive this offering for her. As we do her, all of our ministry friends, we always do it at the end. People always ask me that question. Why do you do that? Because what if they go along? I said, hey. You know, you never tipped that you've been fed anyways or been served and been honored. And the Word of God's good. But we want to be a blessing. So if you're making out checks, make them out to Harvest Bible Church. If you're going online, you know how to do all that. Or if you have your text, you know how to do all that stuff. We want to honor her. Amen? Hallelujah. We want to be a blessing because she's a blessing. God's doing good things, you know, in her life. Amen? So let's just, just do that. Just take hold of the envelopes. They're right there in the seat pockets in front of them. We can do this really quickly and really reverently. Amen? Doesn't, di doesn't diminish the anointing. How many know this is an act of worship? It's an, it's an act of worship. Hallelujah. You know, you know, hallelujah. Glory to God. God's good. Father, we thank you for the privilege we have to sow seeds into the kingdom of God. Thank you for the ministry gift that you've brought to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your hand upon her life. Thank you, Father, for meeting and supplying all of her needs. Lord, we thank you that you told the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, and he said, because you've ministered unto me and given and receiving, my God's going to meet and supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So, Father, as each one purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. We thank you for that now. We honor you for that now. And we just thank you for it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. We'll do this quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. You guys are good. And here's the thing, too. If you feel the need that you have to get up and go or do what you need to do, just do it reverently and do it on it. It's no big deal. It's not, we don't, you know, we're not like, I know some ministers, man, they lock the door and they have ushers standing there that kill you if you get up. Our ushers are sweet and nice. They're not going to do that. I've never believed in force. I've always believed in love. I've always believed you want to be, and, 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 and we understand. You know, we understand there are things going on, hallelujah, things that take place. But also understand that we want those that have need, those that God wants to heal this morning, hallelujah. We want them to be well and whole. We want them to have a great Christmas. Amen. You know me. I'm very time conscious. Uh, you know, I was, I was raised Southern Baptist, okay. If you weren't done five minutes to, to 12, you got fired next Sunday. <sighs> yeah, we went, through, we went through pastors every year. Because they got a little long-winded. Went over 27 minutes. That's not good. But I'm learning. I'm growing in this, okay? No, God's good. So amen. Hallelujah. So go ahead, Miss Annie. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hallelujah. One thing, 
I'm believing for, and it seems like the Lord's might be using me in, is if you have trouble with your pancreas, we're seeing people get healed. Isn't that cool? Praise God. If you have sugar diabetes, if you have low blood sugar, if you have problems with your pancreas, uh, can I agree with you? And lay hands on you and let that anointing flow into you. If you need healing in your body, if you want to come and uh, the ushers can help us do that, uh, we'll lay hands on you and Jesus the healer. 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 When I lay hands on you, I'm not going to take my hands off till I know that anointing has gone in you. But I'm going to say this to you, and I don't know why this works with me, but it does. I'm going to say, take a big breath. Sometimes when I do that, that anointing just surges right, right into people. So I'll lay hands on you, and I'll say, take a big breath. You just take a big breath. And when you do that, receive. Just receive from Jesus. Receive that anointing. And we'll believe it's going to affect a cure and work a healing in your body. Amen, amen, amen. The rest of you, you're dismissed. If you need healing, come up. Miss Liz is going to help me lay hands on people. Amen. We're going to pray for you. Jesus is going to heal your body. Amen, amen.